This is the fourth Sunday of the month and we do things a bit differently on the fourth Sunday. I, this is what I call the low maintenance Sunday. So I don't actually write a full sermon, although sometimes I've sort of had Clayton's low maintenance ones it's where it's full sermons have crept in. Um, but today what we're doing is we're actually taking a large chunk of scripture and I'm just going to read that to you and then I'll just share with you a couple of brief things about it. Um, What we're going to be reading is Matthew chapters 23 and 24. And this is where Jesus was talking to his disciples about his return and talking to them about being ready for when he returns. Now what we've got to remember is this was Matthew writing down what he remembered Jesus saying because he thought that this was important for the church that he was writing to, to to know this. So the words that we're hearing today are words that Jesus said that Matthew thought it's important for Christians to know this. And, um, of course, when this originally started happening, the the way that it was supposed to be is is you would read out, you would read together the whole gospel and you would read and hear the whole story of Jesus. And what we often do is we chop it up into little bits and pieces and we might only have one or two paragraphs that we preach from. And by doing that, we miss the overall unity of what's being said. And as we, re- as we read this today, you might, I'm pretty sure that you will have at some stage heard every one of these passages preached on, but never known that it all came together in one thing that Jesus said. And it's important for us to, to capture that sometimes. And what we're going to do then is, over the next few weeks, um, is look at in more detail some of the stuff that's, that's in here. But today is the big picture stuff. So I'm going to be reading to you from Matthew chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees, Sorry, I'm on the wrong thing. It's chapter 24 and 25, sorry. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. And he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another. They'll all be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us then, when will these things be? And and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and they'll lead many astray. And you'll hear of wars and rumours of wars, See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will will rise against nation, and kingdom will rise against kingdom, and there will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. 
And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many may grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak and alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath for then there will be great tribulation. And by the way, the word tribulation that keeps coming up here, that means trouble, okay? So just wherever you hear the word tribulation, think trouble. There will be great trouble such as has not been since the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, do not go out. Or if they say, look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he'll send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds. From one end of heaven... To the other. From the fig tree, learn this lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and it puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, 
but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their bread, so give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master's delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour that he does not know and he'll cut him to pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Well, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to him his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability, and then he went away. He who had, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. As soon as he had the two, sorry, so also he had the two talents made two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forwards, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made you five talents more. 
And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also said to the one with two talents, he came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over a much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you've scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. His master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at the coming I should have received what was, what was my own with interest. So, take the talent from him who gave it to the, and give it to the one who gave ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, then he'll sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will say to him, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer him, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty. And you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer saying, When? Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he'll answer them saying, Truly, I say to you, 
as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Usually in the morning I wake up with the sun usually so in summertime I usually, if I've got time, I sort of lay in bed to listen to the weather. What time does the weather come on? About 20 to 7, is it? The, when the Bureau fellow comes on to ABC. I, I really like to listen to what they've got to say. And um, so sometimes I might lay there from about 5, sometimes from 6, depending on what time I wake up. And sometimes I'll get to about the start of the news at half past six and then the next thing I go, I look at the clock and oh, it's a quarter to seven. I, 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 I wait all this time. I'm just waiting and waiting for that weather. And that's the reason I'm there. I'd rather be up doing something but I know that I'll hear the weather if I'm in bed. And then, and then I wake up and it's all over. I've missed it. The key overall thing of all that reading was Jesus, people were waiting for Jesus, but he is a long time coming. Now, this is something which people in every age have had to grapple with. What does it mean to live being ready for the return of Christ? You see, as you read the scriptures, you can see that that the disciples really, it appears to me anyway, that that they had every expectation that Jesus was going to come in their time. Here we are now, 2,000 years later, and he still hasn't come. Now, some people are really surprised by that, saying, well, he's obviously not coming. But we shouldn't be surprised by that because in the Bible where Jesus is talking about his return time and time again, the key phrase there is he was a long time coming or he was delayed. And so we should have every expectation that Jesus was a long time coming. Just like I had a long time laying in bed waiting for the weather to come. But then I fall asleep at just the key time, just before the weather starts and I miss it. And I think that's the key for us as Christians. We know that Christ is coming. I'm hoping this isn't new. Is this new, that Christ is coming back? Maybe it is new for you. Or Christ is returning and we have to be ready when he comes. But I think sometimes we get a bit like me when I'm waiting for the weather and we sort of, yeah, we know that Jesus is coming but we get distracted by other things. And we're not ready for when Christ returns. I guess some of the stuff that jumps out at for me there is to be ready for when Christ returns means being right with God and, de- and demonstrating the love of God in our love for others. No one knows the day or the hour some people, many people have had guesses. I know at one stage there was a sect just near Dolby there uh, um, and they had a certain date 
that that was predicted that that Jesus was going to return, and so they actually racked up all these debts and everything, and and um, spent up big and accumulated accounts and everything. And then on the given day, a few days beforehand, they all went up on top of the bunyas to wait for Jesus to return. And then of course. Um, a few days later they all had to come back down and work out how they're going to pay off their debts. Um, somehow they believed that, they, that somebody came up with this date that Jesus was going to come and it was wrong. And the key thing is none of us know. But the key thing also is to be ready regardless of when he comes. Now that doesn't mean that, that we stop living today but what it means is we live every day in readiness for the return of Christ. Any from from that reading, is there anything that really came out for anybody that you feel the Lord wants you to share? For those who couldn't hear, um, um, Sharon said that where the Bible talks about the big, tri- the great tribulation, right, the big trouble, some people really get caught up in that and worried and concerned. But what we have to remember is that God always cares for His people, and yep, those are going to be tough times. And yes, Christians are going to be persecuted right across the world. Um, but the key thing is, Christ has promised us that He'll be with us even in these great times of big trouble. Um, right at the start of there, do you, you, you remember that little bit that talked about the destruction of the temple, right? Not one stone's going to be left standing on another. You remember that bit? Well, that part has already happened. In fact, some people, some Bible scholars, when they read this, they go, ah, because we know that AD 70 was when the, the temple was destroyed. Um, that's a historical fact. Um, the, the Jews rebelled against the Romans and the Romans said, right, you lot, we're going to squash you like a bug. And they did. They came in and completely destroyed the temple. talks about the desecration of the temple, the, the abomination that causes desolation and that's when they brought a pig in and put it on the, put it on the altar and they brought in other gods and put them in the temple. And so some people... Um, look at this and go, ah, well this was obviously written after AD 70 because it's so, because it's so spot on with everything that it lists. I say it was obviously written after it happened, but it wasn't. It was written before it happened, foretelling that it would happen. Um, but it sort of all then gets intermingled with what's going to happen when Christ has returned. And I sort of look, look at it like, yeah, when you look through a telescope... You can see, see things, but it's hard to tell how far away they are. They can sort of all blend into the one thing. And with this reading, we've sort of got several events all hooked in together. 
But I think that it's going to be seeing something similar happening at the end of time as well. Um, But we'll talk about that more over the next few weeks when we get to it. Any more questions or comments? Um, oil always has been a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll actually have to take that question on notice and, and I'll, when we get to it I'll, I'll give you a more in-depth thing. Um, as its place in the overall thing, it is yet another image, I suppose, of people wanting to be ready but not. Um, didn't take due care to make sure that they were ready. Now, whether that refers to the Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll have to think and pray on that more. I, I don't know. Heather. Yep. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, a fair bit of that reading is very challenging for us and causes us to question, well, Lord, am I living my life as if I am ready? Lord, help us to always keep you at the centre. Help us to always live in readiness for the second coming of Christ. Lord, may we not be embarrassed in what we are doing when you come again. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.